welcome to the podcast from the Diocese of Jefferson City. My name is Jacob Leakey. I'm the Director of Communications for the Diocese. In this episode, we will be talking with Bishop Sean McKnight about the idea of peace and our church's role in bringing peace to the world. For anyone who follows the news, it's clear our world has entered a time of conflict. There's war in the Holy Land, war in Ukraine and Africa, alongside unresolved conflicts in places like the Republic of Korea. As a church, our message is consistent. We stand for peace. Peace is in our prayers, in our charity, and it's also deeply embedded in how we worship. Recently, Bishop McKnight had the opportunity to explore these ideas as a participant at a Catholic Peace Forum in South Korea and Japan. The forum opened with traditional Korean music, followed by discussions about how the Korean War and continuing divisions between the North and South had left lasting wounds among the people here. I think I became more aware immediately of the trauma and the effects of war, even decades later. We have to be I think more aware of the reality of war. Some of us know that with perhaps our our parents or grandparents or uncles who served in Vietnam. And we understand that there's a residue of war that's not good. Once the conflict has ceased, how do we deal with the, the residue that's still there? That's the mission of the role of the church. Even when treaties are signed, and there's a cessation of violence, there's still the work of the church that has to be done. During his time in Korea, Bishop McKnight said he felt a special connection to this place, thanks to the heroic service of an American priest during the Korean War. One of the real reasons why I was willing to adjust my schedule, you know, within a month's notice and fly 15 and a half hours from Dallas to Seoul at the end of October is Father Emil Capon, was a priest of the Diocese of Wichita where I was ordained a priest. Having never been to the Korean Peninsula, the notion of being that close to where he served in the Korean War. And I was able to get up to the border and actually see with my naked eye the territory of North Korea across the river valley. Just to know that I was within less than 100 miles from where Father Capon was captured and then eventually imprisoned and gave up his life in service to his fellow prisoners of war. So I went there a little bit as a pilgrim to reverence his memory and his, the honor uh, of his kind of Christian example of what to do. How does a Christian, what does a Christian do in time of conflict? We serve. We serve. We learn how to love and to bring about more peace, more humanity in the midst of chaos and in the midst of suffering. Bishop McKnight said he was also deeply impacted by the experience of praying for peace alongside Catholics from across Northeast Asia, including Americans who are serving in the military there. I appreciated the most in my experience of being there and in southern Japan was our moments of prayer together, especially the celebration of Mass. So Catholics gathered from uh, the different Episcopal conferences coming together and praying for peace was profound. And one of the more poignant moments of that was at the DMZ, at the Joint Security Area military base, where there is, we met him, a, a Marine from South Dakota, who's the commander of that military base presently, where the UN has a command and the South Koreans have 
soldiers present there under this Marine from the United States. And so they're right on, on the border serving their countries and serving really in their own way, being a servant of peace and being able to pray with them and for them. That was a, a very profound experience. The trip also took Bishop McKnight to Japan, where he could learn and reflect about the lasting impact of the atomic bombs used at the end of World War II. It reminded me of visiting the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C. And as I walked through the museum there at the Peace Park in Hiroshima, it's done very well. It's not an uplifting experience. It forces you to face the reality of the trauma that the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki caused many, many innocent civilians. And we need to think more about that. And that should serve as an impetus for us to strive to do whatever we can to seek at least the reduction of uh, nuclear weapons throughout the whole world and to bring our globe, our world, which we so dearly love as Christians, to become a more peaceful and secure and safe place for everyone. Bishop McKnight's experiences make it clear that peace is deeper than the cessation of violence. Even long after the last munition is fired, war leaves emotional and spiritual wounds. Our church plays an important role helping people who've been hurt by war find their own peace. Even after the legal, worldly resolutions occur, there is still the traumatic residue that's there that the church has the, the mission of reconciliation, which goes much deeper than being you know, legally at peace. And that could take decades, if not centuries sometimes, between peoples who were once at war. What's going on in Ukraine, for example, right now, even if some kind of peaceful resolution was to take place within the next year, we know that the animosity, the feelings, the hurt is still going to be there. And the damage, the physical damage that's been done to the infrastructure in Ukraine is there and there's going to have to be rebuilding. And so the church accompanies the family of man. The church is composed of people who belong to the family of man. So we've got Catholics who are in the U Ukraine. We've got Catholics who are living in Russia. We've got Catholics on all sides. And that's where the Holy Father has to take the big picture in mind. But in all things, we're always proponents of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the principles of our faith. The trip also made Bishop McKnight think about alternatives to war, about how our world could move on from the current paradigm of peace through strength to something better. You know, the, the concept of peace through strength, when you have a benevolent authority that has the ability to thwart and vanquish evil and to disempower evil people and, and, and things throughout the world, you can kind of understand how that makes sense. But the problem is we also have those who have a lot of power who are not so good. And so strength doesn't work so well in bringing about more peace. It's just the opposite. So there's a certain detente that sets up with this concept of peace only through strength. And that was one of the themes that was discussed at the conferences. Perhaps we need to shift a little bit from operating solely out of peace through strength to peace through verifiable accountability. So and on a worldly in a worldly sense, do we we don't need to vanquish the enemy, but perhaps we can engage in diplomacy and in agreements that benefit both sides uh, in a way that's verifiable. So where you build trust between the nations, you build trust between peoples that's verifiable. 
that perhaps has a different way of approaching peaceful resolutions to some of the many conflicts going on in the world today. Finally, I asked Bishop McKnight how we, the Catholics of the Diocese of Jefferson City, could make an impact on peace in the world. When conflicts are so far away, how can we make a difference? Your question reminds me of St. Therese of Lisieux and her struggles in her early life as a religious, feeling almost deflated that she could not see herself as ever being measuring up to the, the extraordinary acts and virtues of the great saints of old. But then she discovered uh, one Christmas that her call was to be just to do the, little, the things that she could do, to love in the little ways, and how much of an impact that really does overall. Um, that's where I'd like to, us to think about being so many thousands of miles away from areas of conflict, whether it's the Korean Peninsula or the Holy Land, the Ukraine, of course, and um, even in Africa and Afghanistan. As Catholics, we believe in the communion of saints, which means we have a connection with our brothers and sisters all throughout the world. And many of them are experiencing the trauma of war right now. And so, yes, our prayers are first and foremost uh, are important. And to let our faith and our faith life influence others and ultimately uh, to help create an environment and an opportunity for peace to occur. So, yeah. We, we shouldn't be Pollyannish about this. There are, as we know, divisions that have gone on for, for centuries in some places. But yet, that shouldn't discourage us as Catholics. And the Lord said that there would always be the poor, right? Well, there's, it seems like there's always going to be conflict as well. But that shouldn't be our discourage us from the little ways in which we can bring about more peace in this world through our own lives. I would like to thank Bishop McKnight for sharing his thoughts with us. The bishop also recently wrote a Making Connections column on this topic, titled, The Church in World Peace. It was printed in the November 10th issue of the Catholic Missourian. It's also available on our website, dialgifcity.org, and on the bishop's website, bishopseanmcknight.com. I would encourage everyone to read this column as we continue to reflect on our role as Catholics in bringing peace to the world. For anyone who would like to offer financial support to people in war-torn regions, please consider giving to organizations like Catholic Relief Services or the USCCB National Collection for Eastern Europe. Thank you for listening.